we? Greetings and salutations and welcome to the Obelisk. Tonight's guest is Holly Seeliger. Holly's run the YouTube channel Zune Politicon since 2016, where she does interviews and commentary on history, news, and culture. Originally from Maine, she got her BA in political science from the University of Southern Maine. After dabbling in local politics, serving as an independent candidate, she is now working on a book about the Salem Witch Trials and its connection to mass hysteria and the modern inoculation movement. Holly, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Jerry. Hey, Nish. Hey. I'm, you know, I was really excited today when I heard you were working on a book with the witch trials because the astrology of the day has some similarities. So I found that quite provocative. Really? I hope mm. we get to talk about that. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I was interested in that too because I see a lot of similarities in, in what's going on. I, yeah, I'm, just, I'm right there. I did have, I had a couple points that, like key points here that I definitely wanted us to meander through today. And one was the uh, single family zoning that's already starting to roll out. Oh, there we go. I have, I live in a very small town. <laughs> what's, the, what's that single family zoning all about? I've never heard of that. It's part of the 2030, 2040 UN uh, stuff. It, you know, that was in conspiracy land forever, but it's it's rolling out and it's rolling out in Minneapolis. Really? And so I saw Holly was talking about that recently. And also, my other note, like I said, was the Salem witch trials. So mm. I'd love us to weave all that into our <clears throat> conversation, but give us an idea of who you are. Yeah, thanks. That's a cool intro. Um, yeah lots of things we could talk about right now in this kind of strange time that we're living in. So um, it's, and it's interesting when you start to jump down some of these rabbit holes, you think you're just talking about one particular topic and then things all seem to kind of weave in together. And um, yeah, I've been working on a book. Um, never realized how long it takes to write a book actually, but I started writing a book about um, the Salem witch trials and just mass mass hysteria type events, like trying to figure out originally like why it happened, who were the people, that sort of stuff. And I know there's probably a hundred books on the topic already, but I grew up in New England, I grew up in Maine. So there's always these stories about like the people there and who were they and, and why did they turn on each other? And uh, just seeing a lot of, a lot of strange coincidences between the people back then and then like people nowadays you know just uh both living in a small com community and then like the the bigger picture of like who americans are and um you know what our belief systems are and there's just some things that seem to always overlap with people yeah there are it's interesting one of my best friends who uh, is out here in the world uh, named Montana Jordan. She is a direct descendant of two of the women that were hung and has some interesting, and through, you know, has the paper trail and all that, and has some interesting documentation on them that I don't know, you may find interesting. Uh, I don't know if you know who she is, but she's out there. So that's also juicy to look into 
how it trickled down to the modern day descendants of those people on on all sides, you know, of that little drama that unfolded. Yeah, I'm start to look at like who the Puritan people were and like, you know, everywhere between like Massachusetts and off New England. And I think between like the people who um, got off of the boat, like the first um, couple of boats of pilgrims and Puritans, it's a large percent of the American population is somehow descended from um, these people, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. Um, so it's like 20 million people or something are like direct descendants. And then it's, I can't believe it, but yeah, like you said, a lot of people can actually trace their history back to Salem. And um, I think there is like a renewed interest in the story. And I think it's, I hope that that person that, you know, even she could even write a book about it probably because there's still, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to Salem, but it's basically like a haunted Disneyland for like adults. It's huge. I mean, <laughs> the whole... <laughs> the whole community everything is just totally wrapped around this story it's really kind of a a crazy place to go to and, and see for yourself so she she should definitely check it out yeah well, i i love salem it is very it is very tourist although it wait, wait 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 montana hasn't been there i don't know if montana had i'm sure she has so who are you talking salem. about yeah i'm talking oh. about montana jordan yeah who, yeah, yeah okay um, she's pretty well known in the world she's a witch uh she's i can't remember she's direct descendant of two of them that were hung in, in the trials but yeah i i it's weird how genealogy works like that it's the descendants of charlemagne you know, everyone thinks that's special and then the numbers that it comes out to are just gigantic you know it's like I'm a descendant of Charlemagne. It's like, well, join the millions of others. <laughs> What's with the wolf? He he hears something. I'm not sure. I have two wolves, so you start hearing howling. <laughs> <clears throat> love you apropos right now. Yeah, for I, real. I have to mute for it. That's okay. We're used to dog barking. My cattle start bitching pretty soon. <laughs> Pet me. <laughs> Anyway. Hopefully you won't hear a baby, but there could be a baby ah, at some point. It's par for the course, and we're we're all about it. But this is this is a timely talk because we're talking we're talking about our bloodlines and we're talking about ancestry, and it does seem like whereas I have no idea what he's going off on. He usually <laughs> goes off like this. <laughs> I've never heard the dog bark that much. I know it's unbelievable. But it's, so this is the 1600s and she is no, just like the rest of us with relatives in the 1600s, we may be descendant from them, but we have no real connection to them, you know, in a, in a real, in the real sense of the word, as far as uh, what they did then you know, I mean, I feel like the stuff my mother did, I should not be responsible for. Those are her actions. And so the chaos that was happening in that Salem area, I feel like all the descendants should be exonerated from too. These were, an, this was another drama in another time and space. And certainly there are 
vibrational waves that move out from there, but to hold the relatives of the people that, you know, hung those people under witchcraft should, should not be something we pursue now. And that's a timely, it's a timely thing. And it's a timely meme. Could it and be too that, that there's unresolved karma going on? Yeah, I mean, if we if we start talking spiritually, we're talking we're talking another idea. But to 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 say to say, you know, the from Montana to come forward and say, I want these families, to, you know, I want their heads the descendants of these families, I want their heads on a platter. It would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? I mean, this is like, this is so far removed from the past. And so, yes, spiritually, I understand needing a healing and a cleansing and separation, but it would be, it, it would just be, I don't know. I, I mean, this is kind of what I've been thinking about with everything that goes on in the world today not just today but in my lifetime and so at what point do we pay for our parents sins you know what i'm saying that's what i'm asking that's the question i'm posing here right i think um if you're talking about like generational oppression or generational retribution um Yes. And at what point, you know, is it your child should not have to pay? And this is, that's a direct response to be your child, right, Holly? But let's just remove it a step. Maybe your grandchild or your great-grandchild, I think, shouldn't, should have their own autonomy away and you should have your own autonomy. And, and, And these kinds of things that are like, generational debts i think we need to rethink that in terms of you know like right now in japan families are putting their future future generations into debt to buy housing well this is i mean is that fair to the i mean into their like grand grand great grandchildren and all this i i'm i think that's kind of not ethical and it's it's a it's slippery slope considering what's going on right now here but at what point do we get freedom from the things in the past at what point do we say i'm here now and this is my life and i'm taking responsibility for it and i'm going to do the best i can with what i'm working with and try to heal the spiritual wounds and forgive my grandfather for his stuff that may have affected others but i shouldn't have to pay for his sins i shouldn't have to pay his debts does this make sense i would like to think that that is um you know something that can be agreed on with with everyone because if you think about you know all of the the wars throughout history i mean i'm sure everyone like you said how people are descendants from Charlemagne like how many people are descendants from Charlemagne or where they say like four percent of the population is a descendant of Genghis Khan or something in like Central Europe and Asia and stuff like that um 
So the idea of, you know, all of us being involved in, in war or trauma at some point. And then also, if you think about it, not even just from like a spiritual or I don't know if you're saying like a karmic sort of connection, but also from like a genetic imprinting, they've even found this in science where, you know, if you have generational trauma or, you know, abuse or anything like if you've gone through something traumatic that can go through and carry through your genes through like genetic imprinting they're finding at this point. So I think in a lot of ways, everyone is carrying a lot of baggage. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's true. And um, I heard someone the other day bring up the fact that, it, you know, when people do like past life regressions and talk about, oh, I was Cleopatra or I was some famous person some, at some point. This person was saying that that basically the 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 souls of those individuals were split into millions of pieces, so everyone has a little bit of it. So, like on that on that etheric side, it's possible that that a lot of people were Cleopatra, but because they contain a smaller portion of it, it's kind of the same thing, but just not physical. I thought it was interesting. I'll shut up. It, it is, it's, yeah, Jerry, it's very interesting. And it, it's the same thing as when, when you eat, you know, it's like programmable matter, you know, like crystallized like structures, whole sugar and salt and all mm -hmm. that. They hold energy. And so you can program them and right. structured water and all that. And also animals, the way they're killed, you know, we bring that forward. But it, at what point do we personally take responsibility just for ourselves and quit tr try to break the chain you know what i'm saying so i'm saying i should not i personally feel that i should not okay here's a good example you're not responsible my, for the sins of your father right not and yeah. well my mother had Sasquatch, no, Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> Got foot on the brain. <laughs> That's Sackbox Indian from uh, the Midwest and her. And I never once heard her complain about needing, it, it was always like moving forward. And it was always about looking at the past and learning from it and weaving things forward and trying to cut and clear the bad karmic cycles or the, the bad juju from the past. And there was nothing in her and around my being mothered by her that said she wanted payback. I didn't get that programming. It wasn't in me just the same as anyone that may feel she did them bad i should not as her child that had nothing to do with her actions be responsible for her actions and so this is this is like a current topic without getting political this is i want to bring it above people's um but it's a current topic and it and my point is at what point do we claim personal agency and personal sovereignty for the sins of our of our parents our parent sins i should say uh parent sins and and be able to move forward i don't blame or even think about the people that terrorized my mother's people i don't i honestly don't i'm certainly 
uh, not fixated on it. I'm not even fixated on my own past, you know, outside of apologizing for being a jerk to some people. When I got to that point in my own journey of going, wow, I've been a really jer- I've been terrible to some people without knowing it. It was my own selfishness, you know. So when I came to that realization, I was like you know, at that true point, it was not an AA program or whatever they call it. I found out that's a step. I did not know that. <laughs> so I went to apologize uh, to an amends. ex-boyfriend. I went to apologize oh. to an ex-boyfriend. He's like, did you join AA or something? What's going on? Yeah, it's just, so, just another mind control cult. Yeah, but that's my point, though. Is there... Where do we find, where do we collectively find that we are not, we need to understand our past to move forward. And I just was listening to you talk about this in one of your podcasts, like that you released, I don't know, a couple, maybe a week ago, I'm not sure. And so we understand our heritage and we understand the lessons of the past so that we may not repeat them. That's a very big deal. And in that process, isn't it, does it not behoove us to forgive the process and move forward instead of having to feel guilty and do what we can to pay when, when technically it might be our genetics, but we had nothing to do with it. So I'm posing this to you, Holly. It's just an open-ended question. Well, I think it ties in with uh, what we were talking about a couple minutes ago with like the idea of a witch hunt, you know, like how guilty is this person or, you know, causing fear, like we need to find people to to blame or to target or um, I think like during the, the Salem witch trials, they they were actually allowed to bring up, you know, stuff that had happened in some of these women's pasts and, and bring it up and dredge up stuff that happened in the past and said okay well this woman did this to me back then and you know there are men and women accused but um and of course they had different uh definitions of what people were guilty of you know was there did you have a bad crop season or did someone get cursed or something like that and uh they were allowed to think from some of the research people have done with a lot of these families too that the community was tight-knit and it did go back generations. So it was like one family, the Putnams would have like, you know, they were trying to get the land from this other family and they were kind of litigious too. So the Puritans were constantly trying to sue each other. So to try to get land or to try to get, you know, whatever from other people. And so it kind of was a perfect storm of this idea of people blaming each other. And then they were also surrounded by a lot of external stress, just like we're seeing right now. So they had wars, they had like the French and Indian wars that were, that's like what we call them now, but there were a lot of wars to the North between, like you said, the Native Americans and the French and the English and the Dutch. And then also the Puritans in England, there was like the murder of uh, Charles II and they didn't know if it was going to be like a Catholic uh, king or a, protestant king and so they didn't even know if their charter was going to be around as like a colony so they basically were kind of facing lawlessness too and so um maybe another echo to kind of what we're seeing right now that just kind of creates this 
atmosphere of like a witch hunt where it's like who do we find to blame you know who can we scoop up who are the who are the people that we can find around us to blame and start pointing fingers i think that just goes to the lack of accountability people have these days and throughout history for the most part and and especially so we do bring if we if we talk current times if 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 you're being persecuted currently this is a different matter so if things if bad things are happening to you you should stand up that's i'm 100 i'm like way into that and a lot of my art is about that uh but uh, and and we and i'm all about awareness and um trying to have good interactions with people and and talk about ideas and not finger point towards people and 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 bring the conversation and the awareness to a level where we can speak to each other without slinging poop on individual names and, and name calling and all ad hominems and all this. So yes, stand up if you're being oppressed for sure, hundred percent. I won't back down to that. But uh, so my query here is is strictly about when I hear people wanting to be paid for things that happened over a hundred years ago, whether, whether it's, you know, one of the things I'm always talking about is the Armenian stuff. I mean, I have so many Armenian friends and it's like, they can't even talk about that in their country. And so the genocide that went on and uh, it's like, we have to find a way to communicate that stops this blame process and we need to address who and how we're being hurt, but not be, find a way to actually see what's going on and not be manipulated by currents that are possibly guiding us towards these manipulations and that's where it gets tricky and this is where things start piggybacking and that's why Salem is a great example these are so many factors that went into that with with all the stuff that was going on around this to, to come revolution and in the crops failing people wanting other people's land uh, petty pettiness, you know, religious freedoms, the outcasts, all this stuff, all that stuff that goes into the mix. And, and then when all is said and done, and there's blood on the ground, and smoke in the air, uh, and, and no clarity at all, what do, what do you have? Sometimes you have a greater understanding, but I think it takes time to get that clarity. So if we can look back, and this is what I found really heartfelt in your blog post the other day, when we look back, we can understand these cycles because we find ourselves in one right now. And it's interesting, where are we? This is a tangled mess. And I'm just trying to look at things historically and also trying to move forward and see 
how how can we find common ground again without controlling others and and every everyone that gets a little bit of power wants to control the next one down the chain right now and it, it's this weird dance and so what what have we learned historically from this and it seems significant to the research you're doing well i think there's something kind of weird about america in in the way that um you know we we have um this interesting culture where it's like we have you know freedoms and we've got the constitution and the bill of rights and that sort of stuff and then we also have like this uh, a lot of tension within american culture and um I do, I see the parallels a lot with that, with Salem, which was like seemingly, seemingly a very homogenous culture, you know, all the Puritans, it was like a very, you know, some people might call it a cult or like a sect of super specific Protestantism, and uh, they made their way to the United States, and yet within this group, which was very, you know, tight-knit and closely related, they, um, had kind of like what we're seeing right now which is like a snitch culture so um the puritan minister cotton mather would say if there was one sinner amongst you even if everyone else is a saint then you're all sinners so it was kind of like this tattle on your neighbor kind of culture and so um i hope we're not really seeing that again in america but it seems to kind of creep up once in a while where it, i don't know if it's like a an attempt to just control people as a whole or um you know like a the the term witch hunt i mean we've used that during like the red scare of communism it's kind of it comes up and kind of surfaces we use this idea of like a, a witch hunt as like this idea of um trying to i don't know if it's like purify the society or to dredge up like what you said could be like centuries old uh grudges or uh, like you said, genocide or, um, and so many of these people who are dragged into these um, operations of genocide are children. I mean, basically you're talking about, if you're talking about warfare, like young boys, young men, people that don't actually know what they're fighting for or who they're killing or what the genocide is about, they're given orders. And, um, you know, like here I'm probably getting pretty, political for your your stream here but no this is all right no, carry on yeah the idea of you know i mean who, who ultimately do you blame at, at the end of that you know whether you have um people who look back and are severely traumatized and we have a large veteran population here in the united states so you know we have there's just a lot of um i guess keep using that word trauma and then that that in itself gets weaponized to have people fight amongst each other for whatever reason you want at the time. Yeah, I was waiting on you. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm waiting to go back to the Salem Witch Trial book. <laughs> what we were we were just weaving that through, and so uh, so with that said, it's. I wonder how far backwards we go if. So with the current situation and wanting to move forward and wanting to overcome and bring awareness to situations that are not 
uh, that are not fair, that are not just, and and not just for one peoples, you know, for everyone, and uh, and and we can see, you know, if you can see what's going on, you can see what's going on, and uh, but at what point do we say let's move forward? Is what I'm saying. So let's look back. And let's see where we've been. Let's look at these other tumultuous times. And, uh, and we can dot trace that all the way back as far as we want to, to all the many, many, many struggles. You know, there's so many struggles. Every, everyone's been under the ax, everyone. And if you know, and this is the problem with people that don't study history. They just don't understand that everyone's been under the ax. And uh, so we have to, I've, I personally feel that to move forward, we do need to know the past. It's like that finger trap I always, the Chinese finger trap, you gotta let in, you gotta let go to get out instead of pulling against it. And in, in the current situation, the world finds itself in, not just the United States, the whole world, as everyone's been on lockdown and all this. And we see the bigger picture unfolding, not just in America, in the, in, on the global stage. We see, we, I think it's pretty clear to see what's going on. If you're really deducing, doing, doing some deductive reasoning here and looking through a historic lens. So at what point do we address this and move from here forward that is in a way that's going to free the folk, the folk all over the globe and, and understand the separation between administrations, corporations, and the folk. And because it's it's clear that it's getting so divisive that it's always been so divisive that it's separate the folk have been constantly separated by things that are important yes because that's what gets people riled up uh but those small separations that we're seeing are being are being manipulated by corporations and institutions and not by the folk, but the folk in general are following mm -hmm. the stuff that's going on. So where do we, where, how do we, do you see a way out of this trap that we're in? And I, and I am speaking globally. I mean, it's clear what's coming through. And this is part of what we briefly talked about and you brought up, and I talk about this a lot, what you were talking about with now all of a sudden in Minnesota, they're talking about single family zoning. This is part of a big agenda and it's uh, moving forward across the whole world. It's a, it's a UN thing. It's a United Nations thing. And we, the folk should at some point try to understand that the language has been turned against us, that beautiful language is being turned against us. And uh, it's like moving through the looking glass where we, nothing means anything to 
to us that in the way it did before upside down is right side up etc so green is not really green green is a shackle <laughs> Right. So, yeah. and that's where I wanted to kind of, it, it all ties together and you tie it together so well. Well, I think uh, you've made like some awesome points there. Like the idea of um, like plans, like, uh, you know, we can talk about history and like what actually happened or what could have happened or what should have happened. And um, I did a video the other day talking about how Minnesota um, in Minneapolis, they just so happen to have a 500 page document called Agenda 2040. So they, you know, whoever's putting this together, UN, like you said, elites, whatever we want to call them, it, people have 40, 50 year plans in the works. They've dreamed up what they want, you know, what they need uh, for them to be able to continue, you know, the, the game that they're, they've been running, the gambit, if you will. Um, using most people around the world as pawns, right? So they've got their collective dreams about to Agenda 2040. Um, they want to get rid of every single single family home in the Minneapolis neighborhood, you know, and have like the condensed housing, that sort of stuff, getting people living in apartments again. And they're, they're zoning it so that it falls into this idea of, um, renewable energy or sustainable living is kind of what they're saying, sustainable living. So getting rid of, you know, yards and everything like that. So they've got these plans of smart cities hooked up to these grids. I think we need to start looking at our collective dreams. What, what do we want to see? And I think that we've been really stifled um, to think about the idea of dreaming particularly anything that's positive. So if you think about popular culture, movies, film, TV, whatever, it's been super negative for a long time. It's really been dystopian. I mean, I think maybe in the 1950s, they did like some cool futuristic films about, you know, flying cars and like Jetsons type stuff. But if you think about it, movies, everything now, it's like, you know, there was probably like 10 years ago, there was like the huge zombie apocalypse theme that they they played for every single movie tv show it's just massive like that trend and then yep. people have mirrored a lot of well what's going on recently you know up, up until a few days ago when the, the mainstream media narrative shifted this idea of like contagion or you know <laughs> like the, all these pandemic movies and films and this is what's going to happen and i you know i went to public school in the early 2000s and it was all like you know we had to read the hot zone about ebola and this that know, was a good book it was a good book i did i mean i was i was into it i mean i was interested in virology and that sort of stuff and i think that that kind of um has become helpful considering like what we've been going through now but you can definitely see a lot of the programming like we've been programmed to think of everything is just gonna suck you know and i i think that maybe collectively start dreaming about how we can actually make things better. And I think we've even been programmed to think that that's not fun to do so. Like it's, it's easier or just more cool to think in dystopian terms than to think of like taking, like you said, like personal responsibility, you know, this could be an opportunity to rethink our food supply or rethink, you know, not necessarily in a smart city sort of way, but in a way that actually works for people. 
I've been, yeah, this is one of the things I was just, my voice is so shot. I've been on radio shows and other shows all like for the last two weeks and no, and no voice. I apologize. Uh, if I sound like Stevie Nicks, I can't control it. No, you anyway, sound fine. You sound fine. <laughs> thanks, Jerry. But I, this is one of the things I think that with this, uh, the food shortage that is, is, uh, looming whether manipulated or not and those are rabbit holes that are really fun to to go down but one of the things that's come to light is i think with the the meat industry it's 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 i think we sh i've been thinking for a long time we needed to rethink how we treat the animals i have no i'm not pushing anyone's agenda you do what you want to do i am definitely all about free choice and um as, even with meat this, that's your own thing but i do think that it's a matter of the quality of the life it, nothing should have to suffer for you to eat it and um and so those big plants that have been closing, I personally think it's a good thing because their practices have been appalling. And um, and as we were talking about earlier, we take on that programming. And so if we could at least come into smaller, you know, more, you know, like look at how great the Amish do with their animals. Those animals lived really great lives. That's why they're products taste so good. I always love shopping at an Amish, Amish store. Uh, you can taste the difference. You literally can taste the difference. And so I think that's one of the good things to come out of this is the awareness of, well, okay, this is, this is getting shut down. I think the point is not to bring us that awareness. I think the point is to control us by food but if if we can get some awareness, which brings into practice smaller farming, right, all over, lots of smaller farming for animals where it's more uh, local. And that's the good side of these, uh, sadly, the memed terms, agendas, you know, 21, 20, 30, 2040, whatever they are uh, now, because they do have shifted then that's a good thing. But locking us into these grids is the downside. And taking away the ability to have a house and a garden, this is, to me, very nefarious. I enjoy having a house. I enjoy having a garden and permaculture. And, uh, and I, would, I would be very offended if somebody coming to my door saying, I am no longer allowed to do that which I have worked for uh, and that I must relinquish it for the good of all. Well, I've been doing good and living a better type of lifestyle and in, in connection to the supplies and stuff I use. Again, this comes back and ties into the sins of our parents and the sins of others, sorry. And so where do we collectively draw lines here? We single family, this agenda that's getting rolled out in Minneapolis is set for every town USA. It's set for Portland, set for San Francisco next, all, of, all the ones you expect, Seattle, New York City. It's set in uh, all over the world. So that Paris, we're talking everywhere. All the, and, all the communist places. Yeah. <laughs> exactly well that's you know that's kind of what it is 
And, uh, and so for me, like, that's a reason to stand up. There's a lot of reasons to stand up, but when we start telling people how to live, is this not crossing a line? Is this not crossing a line? And so, yes, the good things that are coming out are awareness, but awareness of certain practices that are happening. But what, how are they spinning that? You know, the green thing is being spun into a very ugly thing where you can't do certain things. If you're you're practicing permaculture, I'm going to postulate that you're actually kind of being very green, right? In the terms of living that kind of sustainable life, but in the in the legal terms I'm seeing in these papers, in cities, and in my city too, and in those big, huge documents like you're talking about in Minnesota, that's a 500-page document that's all legally written. It's it's actually nefarious and full of binds and binding, and it's like word spells all the way through that only equal, and I hate to use the word, slavery. Yeah, I think that's a that's exactly kind of like the plan, honestly. And uh, but they need people's complicity, right? Like they need complicity and they need complacency. So it's a it's a spell, right? So, um, and when we talk about these mega cities, uh, you know, to get esoteric, I mean, this is something that's been tried many times. You know, they call it Babylon, whatever you want to talk about um atlantis you know why why did something uh, so big collapse you know babylon why did something so big collapse and it ultimately consumes itself and the idea of having these mega cities if they're not done sustainably you know in in a real way and you're talking about factory farms or these big giant slaughterhouses people have been doing exposés about these factory farms and slaughterhouses for what a couple of decades now in the united states and if you expose this, you are labeled an eco-terrorist. You know, you're put in jail if you expose like what was actually going on with farming and, you know, the genetically modified organisms, whatever. Just this idea of turning this into um, a weapon, like these foods into weapons. So yeah, I think you're right. I think in a way, like with these major factory farms, of course, it's unfortunate that they're collapsing right at this time where that, you know, our economy, all these things are seem kind of precarious, what could happen to the food supply, logistics systems being shut down for whatever reason, but people need to take, like you said, some responsibility. We've got many, many people who are unemployed right now. We've got opportunity if they can have access to land to actually start farming again. And I think that that's, that is a huge opportunity if we can envision that for ourselves and move forward. And you know, I grew up uh, thinking that, you know, oh, more college was the answer. That's how you get a better <laughs> job, you know, just <laughs> don't worry about the student loan debt. Don't worry, you know, you'll find a great job, blah, blah, blah. 2008 recession, great recession hits, you know, there's no jobs, you know, you've got uh, tens of thousands of dollars in student loan debt. What am I going to do? Am I going to blame everyone around me? Am I going to, you know, be upset that I was told, you know, I was told I was, I could get a job, you know, that sort of stuff. Am I going to try to re-envision my life going forward? Um, and that's what people have had to do. I mean, this idea, 
specifically where where college would be the the uh, the way for everyone to get out of what we've created as a society this um, this stratification and um, there's a great book called um, I think it's called Unmasking the Green Agenda by a woman named Rosa Corey and she and her wife actually bought a house in California and they started to go to um, some of these, you know, green sustainability revisioning meetings. And uh, they quickly learned that it was a greater agenda, basically, like you said, to get people out of their homes and kind of guilt trip people into thinking that, you know, you're a, uh, just a consumer, you know, you're, you have to scale down. And if you've seen what's gone on, on in California, they're putting taxes on water, they're limiting how much water you can use, you know, you can't use more than 50 gallons a day, they're going to start trying to enforce this and they'll heavily tax people. And I think uh, it's kind of strange how this inversion has kind of happened. And like you said, something like permaculture, I mean, you're only, you're only helping other people, you're helping the environment, you're teaching people how, how to actually not impact the planet. We've, I think we've, we're starting to see the mask of some of these uh, agendas to come off you know, I guess. And I, I think that that's, in many ways, we're seeing an unmasking. It's, it's been a slow unmasking of everything, I think, for the last couple of years. A lot of, uh, like, the, the bias in all these institutions that we've trusted to be objective has really shown its true colors. Yeah, and I think people have given that up, you know, like, oh, we can just, you know, elect or vote our way out of, you know, whatever sort of problems we've created or whoever's created. And like uh, you mentioned the intro, I had served in local office for a few mm -hmm. years and I was like, oh, I'm going to change the world, you know, I'm going to do this and that <laughs> and then just completely butting my head up against the system and just seeing the shenanigans, even at a local level. So, um, yeah. you know. I don't really think we can just vote our way out of stuff. People have to start taking it, you know, and I, and if you say, oh, we got to take personal responsibility, then you're like a crazy conservative. So I'm really hoping <laughs> that these labels are starting to slide off. And I do think that they are because, you know, common sense is common sense. And um, hopefully, you know, I, I always am asking myself, it's like, how bad do things have to get before people like wake up? And I hope it's not really that bad. I hope, I hope people wake up before it does get bad, you know? And like you said about generational trauma or generational oppression, um, maybe we carry some of that with us and maybe that's why people get triggered. Hopefully we can be like a canary in a coal mine and say, hey, wait, didn't I live through this before? Or didn't my family live through something like this before? Like, let's, let's turn it around. Let's steer the ship a, a different way. So I think with these big agendas that they have in, in the works 50, 100 years ahead of time, we can actually work in the moment and kind of dance around what these big uh, long-term plans are. We can actually throw a wrench in it and, and steer it. Like you said, they keep having to change it. It used to be agenda 2020 or something. And now it's 2040 or 2050 they do have to push it back because it's not happening as fast as they thought it would be. So I think that is a good thing. Yep. I totally agree. 
It's, uh, the tribalism has to go. Yeah, I think that that's been a spell in and of itself, you know, like, oh, pick a color and vote, you know, I think that's, it's, it's weird. It's like a sports game or like a wrestling match or something. People need to wake up. Right. right. And you're horrible if you don't vote the way they, they vote. You're the absolute worst. The 2016 election showed that. I mean, that it was just, it was horrible. I mean, I, I got off Facebook. I got off a lot of social media off that because I realized it was like, destroying my relationships with family and stuff like that yeah what is that really worth it i mean people were at each other's throats over it i mean the psyop if you will was successful in that way if nothing else yep i've totally had to unfollow like all my friends on facebook and some of my family too (laughs) they're just just lunatics but this is and this is what this is kind of what I was talking about. This is what's sad is that I think we should allow each other the right to to feel and think what they want as long as it's not hurting. We're not hurting each other and bad things aren't, you know, like it, there's so there's a lot of stuff in the world that I'm just not having at all. And there's a lot of different like religious teachings where I literally am everything they would consider the devil, (laughs) you know, like I represent like everything that some religions just think are completely the worst of the worst. And so I allow them that right as long as they don't infringe those rules upon me and I don't get punished for those rules. And I think that's a greater lesson that we're seeing right now with with the stuff that's going on, we should be able to all inhabit our flesh and experience this ride and not worry about ideologies and silly things in the end, if you step above and outside of your life, outside of your flesh, your body, your suit, your car, and, and look look from more of an omniscient viewpoint and if we could find the commonality then i think we can you know ease this finger lock we're in uh but pushing further into it or pulling apart you know it's there's it's like we're in a trap i mean we're just literally in a trap and i have a rebel gene i was just born with it and so i i it's easy for me to rebel against any constraints coming on me. I'm like, no, let, you know, I, I, I get a dollar and 60% of 60 cents on my dollars going out of my hand, you know, or whatever, 10 cents, you should ask for permission, <laughs> you know, and I should be able to donate that to you instead of you thugging your way into my life and telling me you're taking it or I'm going to this prison or that one you know like that's my rebel gene and that's what riles me up those kinds of shackles I'm not chattel I wasn't raised to be and I'm not and I think a lot of people feel this way and on all sides on all sides and for different things and different reasons and and we all get uh, 
get in, you know, empowered within that feeling of I'm, I'm here and I'm walking and I'm holding my space. And, and that I love to see. I just don't like, I don't understand. Is that your baby? Yeah. She, I think she just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you need to take a break, it's fine. I might check on her in a minute, but and so that daddy right now so oh papa so and that's what i'm saying like i i i just wish that we could it's wish it's a wish a dream i have that we could find find ways to communicate and see each other in a more free way and 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 stop i know it's idealistic and stop hurting each other over things that are ridiculous and when i look around it's this control grid it's not people it's the control grid <laughs> that's the first time we've had a baby on the show i'm loving it i wonder if i have to mark this as there's kids involved now and, on do the, and the dog too <laughs> in the youtube uh, settings <laughs> Holly has a, a eight-month-old baby. Everyone. No, she's not on camera. Yeah, no, I'm not on camera. My mic's still on. Sorry, I thought I it. It's all good. It's all right. So I would give a shout out to everyone in chat. There's the regulars: Grimsteak, Lady Boshi's here. Hey, Lady Boshi. Suzanne Rivers. Sky Balancer. Oh, hello, everyone. And some new I'm people over now. I had to click away from our Zoom. Oh, Modwiz, hello, Radagast. Radagast is here. Excellent. Suzanne. We're talking about an Atlanta David meetup. David Rivers, excellent. It's nice to see everyone. It's great to be back on our, our main channel again. Yes, we're so happy to be back. We are out of the corner. <laughs> Yes, I, I was trying to think of a way to say that eloquently on Twitter today that we're out of the doghouse or whatever, but that was the that was the <laughs> yeah, the image yeah. I had in my head was we were in a corner. It's so right weird that you said that. Hat. I know. Hey, JJ, 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 <clears throat> Yeah, it's so that's that's where I'm like, Jerry. Have you seen? I mean, since we're talking about all this anyway, without trying to get low with it, but have you seen the people in costumes? It's tickling me. The Batman guy. Yeah, yes, I saw, I saw Batman. <laughs> because I've been calling it Gotham's real, this whole thing. Yeah. And so all of a sudden I saw Batman. I saw someone in a Joker mask because it's that surreal that and it and it's the symbols these symbols are so potent and then when you look at anything that's going on it's so deeply symbolic that it's affecting us and our collective in such a big way and of course it's got all that emotionality to it and uh and so it, i'm like where are the villains and where are the hero we know we know who they are but to see just some people and i'm gonna see some marvel costumes have you seen my costume yet no, I haven't. Oh, yes, that was your sidekick in your car, Guy Fawkes. Yes. Remember, remember. I just watched that movie again, and <clears throat> if you haven't seen it, it's I don't know if it's back on Netflix or it's been there and hidden, but whatever. It's on Netflix right now, and it's, it's very poignant. 
to what's going on today, believe it or not. Yes. Uh, oh, extremely. Start, it starts with a virus that kills a bunch of people, which leads to totalitarian government. <gasps> I forgot about the virus. Yeah, part. yeah, I know. So did I. Oh, so, my. If you haven't seen V for Vendetta yet, check it out. It's a very, very good movie. How did I forget about the virus part? I, I forgot about it, too. Because it's, it's only a small part. It's more Jeez. about human experimentation. Yeah. Well, there's the, and then there's like the um, book burning and all that stuff that goes on, right? Where Oh, yeah. There's a complete destruction of history. Yeah. Yes. Which, which that... we're seeing right now. In fact, <laughs> I, just, I just read that, uh, fuck, I don't remember where it was, Raleigh, I think. Wherever there's a statue of General Lee that they're going to take down now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, you know how I feel. I think all the all the monuments of the past should be there as reminders, if nothing else. Like, we, we need to know. We need to remember. We, we can't hide stuff. That's why I was sad when I see in, like, the Middle East, you know, all the... Yeah. All the Egyptian stuff yep. getting blown up and Palmyra just, and uh, yeah, uh, this yeah. is this is doing no one a favor historically, trying to understand our footprints through time, and where we've been, so that we can understand the cyclical nature of things. But as Holly's been saying, uh, you know these fifty-year agendas, but there this this particular one, it feels like. A hundred years ago, Smith was writing about this. Blavatsky was talking about this. You know, a lot of people were talking about this kind of where we are now. Uh, and, and, you know, planning in the, in the Chinese plan for a century out, you know, traditionally, right, right. you plant trees in, in, in permaculture, you, just in permaculture alone. I planted ginkgo trees for people on the, a hundred years from now, they're that slow growers. So you think I, about yeah. planting a tree for someone in the de the next de the next hundred year, the next century over. Hmm. Um, Is my mic back on? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Oh, I, I was listening to you all here. So great stuff. Great points. I wanted to throw in here about the permaculture angle that over the last 10 years, I've seen a lot of uh, municipalities, city, states, whatever, outlaw things that you could use towards permaculture, like collecting rainwater or yes. gar gardens in your yard and shit like that. Having chickens, you can't you can't do that in a lot of places, especially if you're close to a city. I'm, you know, if you're in a city, there's no way you're going to have chickens on in an apartment building. But you know what I mean. Well, in Portland, you can have chickens and goats and stuff. Some cities allow it, but there's a thing like there's all kinds of practices. So in permaculture, nothing goes off out of the property. Sticks that fall down, grass clippings, all the sticks get piled and used in hugel mounds, which make your soil more loomy, which then holds more water and, and you can grow you don't have to water. I have hugel mounds that when when we used to have warmer summers here, you I didn't have to water anything that was on them because they the the sticks and everything that had fallen down that I'd put in there and built those hugel mounds up with. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know what they are, there there's different dogmas around it. It was basically putting wood 
into the ground, layering it with maybe some other natural debris, leaves and stuff, and burying it. And it then decays underground and it holds a lot of water and you can you don't have to water through droughts. So nothing goes off the property. All the clippings stay, all the leaves from fall, and it just continues to make better soil, which makes worms want to be there and all that. This is a great principle, but it should not be weaponized. That's what we're seeing. It's get the language around it is weaponizing it right. because of the, the terminology of green. Green to me has now turned into a very ugly weaponized word. I know exactly what that means legally now. Right. And Holly talks about this. And it's been co-opted. I mean, it's just like the uh, the climate change movement. You see, I'm doing air quotes for anyone who can't see me, which is everybody. It's sad. Can you hear me? Yeah. Sorry. Yes. I muted you. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Thank yes. you. <laughs> Jump in, please, I Holly, if you're able to. Earlier. Yeah, so I think you're totally right about the, the green movement. And I was really sad about that. Um, actually, when I served in office, I was a registered uh, Maine Green Independent. And um, it was just crazy to see like the, um, the infiltration that came in and how, like we're, we've talked about before, just the inversion that comes out of that. So you take people's well-intentioned uh, ideas about how they want to create the future and they completely flip it and so like this idea of carbon credits or something like that you need to get taxed you know you have to tax the little guy on how much water like you said can't collect rainwater anymore or you're gonna have to get taxed on it or they've got smart meters for how much water you use etc that sort of thing and the inversion of that versus not actually addressing like the pollution um you know i'm in michigan now and it's just so common the idea about like kalamazoo and flint people still can't drink clean water you know they, they shut down the whole state because of a pandemic but you know they could have paved the roads during that time they could have fixed flint's water during that time you know Ma we're, imagine we're how many 5g down. towers they could have put up in that time exactly yeah. <laughs> they're working hard on some things right you yeah know? but true. um the other things, it's just completely pushed off to the wayside. And, and we have to redream that, reimagine that. And like you said, I'm glad you brought up like Blavatsky. And um, I think Albert Pike is another person yep. people should really look into. Like, you know, the idea of the, the three world wars. And I hate to think of it this way, but it's like they really are trying to start like a World War Three in so many ways right now. And um, oh, they got to make, that, like, sorry. <laughs> That's because they got to make way for the coming race. <laughs> whatever, you know, yeah. the, the plan, the AI, everything. Mm -hmm. um, that's the coming race. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's the that's whole transhumanism. It. It's the transhumanism movement. The, the, com uh, the coming race was a book by, I forget the guy's name, who wrote it, but that was basically the precursor to the whole theosophy movement. Well, there, that is a slave race. I mean, if you think about AI, I mean, they, they don't want AI thinking you know, um, for itself or, or wanting um, independence or they expect it to be automated. That's their dream, you know? And I, I do wonder right now if what we're seeing right now with these different events, I'm putting in air quotes as well, we're seeing these events. I've talked to, uh, or wondered if a lot of this is like an AI algorithm that they're playing on people right now to see like how we're gonna react 
uh, you know, what are people going to do? What percentage of people are going to do something? And they use our smartphones and all that sort of stuff. And um, of course, online to see like the idea of social tracking, social credit system to kind of see how people are going to react. And um, this idea, like you said, the technocrats, Blavatsky, Pike, a lot of people have said, you know, this is this is what's coming down down the road for people and uh, or what they want anyway. And I think all this could be subject to change at any given moment if people just start saying no and uh, doing it constructively though, not like turning against each other and destroying each other. Yeah, but people can't give up their iPhones, you know. Have you, well, um, I'm sorry. It's hard, I have one. I've, I mean, I've got a smartphone. And it's like every week I keep talking about how I want to go back to landline. That's yeah. like, when am I actually doing? But you can't get a landline anymore. You got to go through. <laughs> like, we'll have to go to CVs or something. I mean, the the, um, the plain old telephone system, the POTS lines are still out there, but they're you, I don't think you can get one as a consumer. And, oh, the, the contract contact tracing, blah, 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 is not only part of Agenda 30, but it's part of the Rockefeller lockstep plan, too. Oh, that lockstep stuff. Ooh yeah, that's some creepy yeah. shit. Can feel it. Are you familiar with that, Holly? Um, actually, not really. I've, I mean, there's there's so many of them right now, and I've heard people mention it, but um, I don't know if that's tied in. I mean, they're doing it in other countries as far as like social credit. Um, and you know, you can't go to certain areas, you can't work certain jobs. You know, they gotta monitor what you think and do and say tied in with with the uh basically use technology and that's kind of why they need the the 5g to do that as well jerry can you fill people in on lockstep so everyone kind of gets on the same page yeah it's um i don't know the full details of it. i haven't read it in a while but basically it's it's similar to uh the event 201 that happened in october <laughs> With the, the coronavirus pandemic, it actually talks about a coronavirus pandemic and the response that would come from it. And the list of issues in, in this lockstep program is there's a virus or pandemic with a high contagion and high mortality. The health systems are, are overwhelmed. Uh, the, the, in, in the lockstep, it was the young people who were killed off, not the older people. Economies are devastated. International mobility of people and goods severely impeded. I'm reading this list now. Tourism is suspended. Global supply chains interrupted. Retail establishments shut down. Lack of containment protocols in developing countries. Non-authoritarian response of U.S. government fails. Authoritarian Chinese approach works much better. Other nations emulate authoritarian, high-surveillance Chinese approach. Endurance of more authoritarian rule after pandemic. Shocked populations, of course, welcoming more surveillance and authoritarian rule. And, of course, biometric IDs were a big part of it. So it's, it's basically what we've seen play out and then some. Well, that sounds like a conspiracy theory. It's it's not. It's 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 absolutely not. She's joking. Okay. I'm sorry. I got dry humor. No. It's, what, what can I, you do but laugh? I mean, like. I know. know I I love it. Theory, I guess, is, is what it's called. I don't know. 
The what? Coincidence theory. You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> the duh yeah. theory. Um, it's, yeah, it's, we're looking at it all right now. And that's what's making, this is what's making everything so surreal is noticing the, so, you know, I'm just constantly, I'm constantly kind of in awe. I've been in awe of how all this is rolling out. I think if you're, if you're looking at this from the perspective of what you want and you've been social engineering or from groups within groups that think on that level. And um, again, I like using the Chinese model because it's such an old country that is very organized. It's always, it's always been very organized. It's got a long history of it and they think well into the future. And, uh, and like I said earlier with Japanese, you know, um, putting their great grandchildren into debt to get, you know, small housing and, um, and where the current, the current ones that are basically signing up their future family, their future kin into kind of a slavery for this, this space to have feel that that they're doing them a good service. It's a good thing, but that, you know, that's, of course, that's coming from where they stand now without that understanding of what, what the future holds and how that unfolds. Well, when the Chinese plan in hundred years swatches, this is long-term thinking. This is beyond your life. And, uh, and it's real. Like we mentioned Blavatsky and I mean, you, we can, the literature is all out there. That's the thing about this is none of this is conspiratorial. This is all out there. So when I look around right now, that's what I see. I'm seeing fulfillment of plans uh, uh, and I'm seeing them come into fruition. And whereas we're now seeing how, how nasty it can be played, we're now seeing how ruthless it is and how divisive this is getting down on the bottom level with pitting people against people. And when we should be when people were just starting to come together, this is what I want to say. When it seemed like people were just starting to come together, you know, I'm loving the the yellow vest movement. And all this. When just when there was cohesion, then what gets thrown in, and and it's a constant divide and conquer. And these are old school ways of thinking about takeover about war and if we can detach ourselves from it, it seems to me if we could detach ourselves from emotionality of the moment and try and think clearly and um and just put the emotions aside for a minute and think clearly to assess a situation and pull in the information and data and talk to other people that may not share the same views as you and get a bigger picture of what's going on instead of fighting each other, I think some of these answers and some of the players would look more clear 
and obvious, but instead everyone's against everyone now. And there's, there's not going to, except for the people that started this ball rolling. That's my observation. I do think we've hit critical mass though. I don't know. I mean, I, maybe I'm an optimist or something, but I do feel like you can talk to some people about some of these things a lot more openly than maybe even like a year ago. Uh, maybe it's just, um, my worldview and that that could be um difficult because like online i know they they start to generate things where you only see what they think you want to see too like they can manipulate the algorithm but um i was actually uh i got a phone call from my mother the other day and she said that some woman and this is in like a small town of like a few thousand people a woman walked up to her and she was like you know be careful about you know uh 5g or whatever and you know well, this bill gates and his plans and this and that and like i don't know exactly what she said to my mother but my mom actually started to like question stuff and she's like this is things you know that you talk about and you know she's like i didn't really know what to think about it but the fact that if like some old woman is coming up to my mother and, and telling her like you know warning her on the street about whatever she thinks is a conspiracy theory at the time that actually kind of gives me hope that she'll at least start to look into it, maybe. Um, I, I do think you you can't really stuff this stuff back into a box, like once people have actually seen, like, hey, you know, uh, are we being manipulated here on a massive scale? I don't know. Could be. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I definitely think we can find, I think lots, that's what I'm saying, is I think we were starting to actually have conversations, but... Part of what's going on right now is I think we're backstepping a bit where everyone's fighting everyone now. Like right now, I started to see, and I had to step back from Twitter at least, people are like, get the hell off my my stream like families you know they're just like unfollow me if you yeah i know if this and that and and that doesn't that's not conducive to anything i understand the worst part of that is the people who who say that oh you know if you think hydro like for instance hydroxychloroquine is good for you or good for this virus just unfriend me right now these people are so uninformed because it doesn't they're it only I, what I've noticed is they only listen to their trust media source that they go to every day. But and, so, but whether yeah. or not see, but that language alone, uninformed, it it, it is. I they can feel and and they can have conviction in what they're how they're coming to their conclusions. I feel it, it it's it's all right. And it, the sad thing to me is when we just stop talking because you've come to this conclusion and, and possibly I've come to this conclusion and now we see no bridge. And yet we've got a 20 year friendship or, or, you know, you're my mom or you're my cousin or you're my coworker. We can't talk. This is scorched sand. And that's what I'm seeing. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. At Christmas time, I had my parents, well, my dad mainly raged out at me about how Trump was horrible and blah, 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 and all this. I'm like, dude, <laughs> you're just repeating talking points from MSNBC. What do you, you know, what's wrong with you? 
but they to me they all are horrible so it's you know it's like the the whole uh, the whole game is rigged to me and that's also heretical so we should be able to i you know i remain hopeful that we can find a common ground and and still not yell at each other and want to kill each other and want to cut off relationships and 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 maybe get back to ideas and start addressing where and follow follow the plans so like with the 20 30 20 40 stuff follow the plan what what who's who trust the plan trust the plan uh, Jerry, is is that the Q stuff? <laughs> yeah, well, that's what you were talking about. <laughs> I no, 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 no. I'm not Q. I barely know that. Um, I don't. We're I not Q tards here, so no. just FYI. Well, see, but saying Q tard, even like they can follow Q. I don't. You know, I, it's all right. You can follow Q. Um, I just I don't, and I don't really know much about it because I don't follow it. So. But I'm saying follow the plans that are, are happening, the stuff that are the 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 in in Minneapolis right now, where they're putting into action banning single family zoning. Follow that plan. Where is that going? Where did that stem from? What's the root of that? Well, that stems from a UN agenda that has a lot of different world leaders signing onto that and and how they want to get us into no one has their own property and uh you only get to live in two you know i think what is it 1200 square feet per person or something it's it's in, it's intense when you start looking at at the documentation and um you know, one of the people I do follow is Deborah Tavares, and I think she does a great service to people where it's just bringing awareness. So that's that's what I'm talking about. If we could find our conversations, if we could find common ground without triggering each other, I think we could get ahead here because there are entities called corporations that are enacting nasty things on behalf of us citizens of on behalf of us of the folk that are going to affect us that are affecting us right now and our children and it is the real iron boot to the face meanwhile all we're doing is giving more reason for a tighter clampdown when we're fighting each other in the streets we should be fighting them well, the, the, more, the more we fight each other, the less attention we pay to them. Look what's going on right now while these riots or protests are going on. There's uh, Rod Rosenstein is being deposed in Congress. The The Clinton thing that Holly reported on today. Do you want to talk about that, Holly? Uh, yeah, I just I think I think you're absolutely right. I mean, anytime there's something huge in the media, you got to look around and be like, OK, well, what is that covering yep. up? Like, yep. what, what is this? What is actually going on here? And like the idea, like you said, just quickly wanted to mention about like masks, like literally muzzling ourselves at this point, like when you're in public. Yes. The only (laughs) way that you can communicate is like online or, you know, stay at home, like safer, alone, that sort of thing, you know? And uh, the idea of- It's like, shut up, shut up. Yeah. That's what it is. And it's also kind of like a ritual almost too. It's like, it's kind of complicity- um signing on to a bigger uh, agenda without even really knowing this idea of 
uh, you know, they talk about the new norm, the new normal, you know, and really pushing that in people's idea about, you know, you're just going to wear a mask indefinitely in public and just muzzle yourself and even not even being able to smile at people you don't even know like what people are thinking when you see people in public now so it's like everyone looks weird now when if you know if you're wearing a mask so um like you said that this idea of um uh mentioning the the clinton depositions all this sort of stuff where it's like the the gears of of justice grind so slow and and meanwhile the 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 gears of uh, confusion and uh, disinformation, everything just grinds so fast lately now. The idea of like a news story, you know, completely everything can change in, in a day. And whereas it used to be things could take weeks or months or years for things to change or news to get out. And now uh, I think we really are seeing this idea of this technology, these smartphones, that sort of stuff just being weaponized against us now, it kind of sucks because it's like they're making it more and more indispensable at the same time where we're starting to see how they are tools for manipulation. And and control. The idea control, yeah. And then the idea of like, oh, we're just going to have kids, you know, you're just going to use uh, an iPad and you're going to learn everything online, you know, or don't even go to school anymore. It's too dangerous. Or if you go back to school, you have to wear a mask all day. I mean, and six, people, six feet apart. Yeah. I mean, this, this is absolutely insane. And I think they're just going to try to push it as far as they can and then see if people say no or not. I think that's kind of at the, at the point that we're at They're They're kind of grasping for straws just to see if uh, reality can be completely shattered <laughs> and if we'll just go along with it the worst part of that is the politi- politicization of the agreeing with or not agreeing with those directives um like if like right now pretty much if you refuse to wear a mask you're going to be labeled as a conservative or a trump supporter or dangerous or dangerous and and for that what you were talking about how the the information changes so so many things have changed in the last week we've seen the retraction of the study that said the hydroxychloroquine was bad right so that's now up in the air nobody knows is it good or bad who knows we don't know because (laughs) all the information about it being good has been scrubbed and now they're saying oh it's bad Uh, the idea of wearing masks was bad at first then it was good that was mandatory and now it's well it's not good it's going to make you sicker if you wear a mask so there's confusion and there's no one good uh source of truth anymore and that's that's it that's the biggest thing here yeah. is that we're getting to you know air quotes again truth pushed to us from all these different angles as always and and then the angles we're indoctrinated into believing are the official ones have backskirted so many times forward backwards forwards backwards and it's it's just this big mind fuck and it is totally and of course i there's something in me that thinks that's all intentional it's like a it's like a hypnosis of sorts it's a it's a way to get people worn out it's the pendulum swinging back and forth in front of your face absolutely and they're just worn out and just want to get on already you know that whole thing and 
and then and then you know then we have all kinds of strange fuckery with numbers and and what are what what is this technically what's this you know what's a virus technically what is this language technically um so there's this constant you know it, it's 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 classic warfare where they, you get worn out it's death by a thousand cuts in in essence and another way of doing it a psychological way of doing it Oh, yeah, this is totally psychological warfare on every level. I think they have to do it that way because I think, you know, there's so many people on the planet now, too. That Allegedly. Like, yeah, right. Um, so this this idea that um, the masses probably, honestly, probably couldn't be controlled if they just wanted to go, you know, uh, hard on people. And, and instead, they're just wearing people down, like you said, psychologically, till we're just like, just make it stop. We'll do whatever. Just make it stop. So right, right. I, I think from like a spiritual um, perspective, we need to build a spiritual shell, you know, and uh, uh, reconnect with that in whatever way you can or however you do that. And um, I don't know whether it's reconnecting with nature or family or God or you know, and try to get away from this culture that's been shoved down our throats, which is pretty obviously toxic at this point. And, you know, maybe look at it and examine it and examine it and uh, uh, think about it critically. I mean, that's probably the best way to, to try to absorb or uh, devour this type of stuff nowadays. But, you know, I think stress wears people down too. I mean, the stress of all this, all these people who you know, weren't quote unquote woke to some of this stuff before must be going through hell right now. If they suddenly are going through a crash course and all this, you know? <laughs> yeah. If they even are. Yeah. It'd be a tough time to just suddenly become woke. You know, whatever <laughs> that means. It'd be, I feel bad for people. Hopefully know? they don't start on flat earth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I tough. keep, I keep hoping that like, one of the things that I thought was a silver lining in some of this, at least before the 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 stuff that's going on right now, was that everyone started to see the fuckery that was going on with the numbers game and this back and forth information from the administration's uh, task force. And the fuckery continues to this day. I mean, there's st the media is still reporting over 100,000 people have died from COVID when, in fact, the CDC, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get the number right now. Um, yeah, CDC's numbers are totally different. Yes. Oh, where is that? Number? And they retracted, the CDC retracted. Uh, total, total COVID deaths right now at 88,000 on the CDC's website as of June 3rd. So why is the media reporting it as over 100,000? And then, well, then then you just cross-analyze that with other causes of death and, and then you weigh out, well, does this warrant a world lockdown? Hello? Yeah, and, no, it you does know, not. Yeah, and so this is this is the thing that I think was bringing people to question what is really going on, whether or not you wanted to buy into 
this, the idea that this is a super scary virus that, that could come and get you. When you start, when people started to look at this logically in terms of a world lockdown and cross examine it with numbers of other very common things, that's when I started to say, see people around me that would never question anything coming from those in apparent power and what they should and shouldn't do going, oh my God, what, what, this isn't making sense. A lot of mothers I know were like, you know, because they're in mama bear mode, they're trying to protect their babies. were like, oh, you know, terrified for their children. And then when they started to see that nothing was adding up and that there was some other something coming down the line with it. That's when I started to see actual mothers banding together and uh, and like having little groups of discussion about what what is this going, what's going on here that we're completely following the narrative and the script and don't, before, don't, always. Don't forget about all the, all the guilt that's been laid on people who were denied it or questioned it even. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's all you can't question. I mean, you're always going to be we're outsiders. So, you know, we we just naturally question things around us. That's just how we are. And I, I personally think that's a good way to be. But you be how you want to be. I, I like to. You well, know, right. But this goes to to Tali's point about being a critical thinker. Yeah. How can you be a critical thinker in today's toxic environments when you're constantly berated and denigrated and chastised for even asking a question about what the quote unquote authorities have said? You know, that's that's the problem. I think that's the biggest issue we're going to face going forward as critical thinkers. It, I, it looks like you want to speak, Holly. Uh, yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I just did want to mention quickly the, uh, this idea of the, uh, the Smith Munt Act, which was uh, put in, in after World War II. Yep. Obama uh, changed basically, it. Yeah. To, to, uh, basically repeal propaganda within the United States mm -hmm. put forward by like foreign relations, um, state department broadcasting board of governors. And then in 2012, it was basically repealed or revamped, as they call it, under the NDAA. So people need to be aware now that it's not, you know, the mainstream media, everything that you see on TV, everything, they can lie to you about anything now at this point. There's nothing holding back on any of this. So you know, I was so thinking, appalled. Just watch CNN. I mean, you could tell that's true. I was so appalled. I put that, that was the last, my last step with Facebook <laughs> when that went in. And I was like, if you cannot see this is a terrible thing. I wasn't like, I, unfriend me. I was like, I'm leaving Facebook. <laughs> well, it's just dangerous at that point. It really is. I mean, it's, it's dangerous because people, most people are, you know, uh, good people and, and they're, they're believing and, they're, they themselves are truthful, so they can't even fathom, like, the shenanigans, I'll call it, that people will go, the lengths that people will go in power, you know, to deceive and to, and to, be, to be evil, frankly, and uh, most people are just so good and, and kind-hearted that they can't even fathom something like that, so it, you can't really ask for critical thinking in that sort of way when there, there really isn't any sort of limits to 
to the depths that some people will do to use psychological operations and stuff that they've uh, been perfecting for centuries, you know, so tried and true stuff like we're seeing right now, like a plague, like fires, riots, famine, yeah, all yeah. this sort of stuff, like old school playbook type stuff that they're going to try to throw at us. And, you know, I, I'm just hoping, you know, I'm glad I was on here tonight and like just people talking, just getting the word out to, to anyone that will listen at this point, just being like, look, spend a, a minute, like you said, to start to reflect and use some critical thinking and, and stop fighting with friends and family if you can, you know, because it's, and, what else are you going to do? And go to source, go to the source. This is one of the things I've, I've been saying for years and years and years, turn the news off and go to the source. If you wanna know what this president or that president or that president did, look at, don't listen to what they're saying, look at where their signatures are, go to whitehouse.gov and see where they put their signatures. The rest should not matter, the rest is a show. And and it, people do not wanna read, they don't wanna read, and some of these documents, like the, health, the universal healthcare here, the Obamacare thing, was 15, I read through that. It was like over 1500 pages, I read through every page. And at first I'm like, oh, it sounds great, blah, blah, blah. You know, this was one of my transformations from thinking things were better in that administration to thinking things were going very bad. Uh, when I read through that and I was like, oh my God, it's a tax. It's, I, I couldn't believe it. I was, everyone around me at that time, I was, I was, you know, cutting and pacing. I'm like, look at this clause. I was married to a lawyer and there's a lot of legal people in my family. So I, I'm familiar with um, some of the legal jargon. And, uh, it, you know, I was just so appalled by it. And yet it was under this really great package, you know, it was wrapped so well, kind of, but then, then one of the things that was like, they pushed it through in what, 24 hours, there's not enough time to read it, that's for sure. And so that's my point. Go to the source, see where the signatures are, see who backs those people with those signatures and think like a journalist. And it's not always about following the money. I'm sorry. I know that's an old school thing. It's a very good policy, but some things, if you're just following the money, sometimes you're going to miss some of the best breadcrumbs there's more more to kickbacks than money and so uh that's that's one of my biggest pearls of wisdom for people follow the signatures hello <laughs> I'm, waiting for, I'm waiting for someone to talk <laughs> Sorry. I will definitely have to think about I was just thinking about what you're saying though I mean that's that's a great point because I've heard you know think of the follow the money all the time but yeah signature um and uh that's probably a topic for another show but like the idea of, of different legal codes and and what um what rights do we actually have you know if you're talking about admiralty law or um mm -hmm. what type of common law or you know, we're even seeing right now, you know, federal law versus states rights, like this is completely gone, uh, gone absolutely nuts. And um, yeah, well, just look at the what happened in Wisconsin when the Supreme Court there, the state Supreme Court 
said the lockdowns were unconstitutional. Yet in Michigan, that was it was the complete opposite, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. The state, the state, uh, Michigan Supreme Court ruled that the governor basically could extend her lockdown, use her governor powers for as long as she wanted, and right. blah, blah, blah. And so, um, how can there be a I, disconnect in something that over oversees all law? Right. You know, that's just that's just another juxtaposition <laughs> to add to the pile that we've we've accumulated so far. Yeah, you just have to keep on appealing and this and that. And, you know, all these people are like, well, you know, these small businesses can just sue the governors and this and that. And it's like, well, how long is that going to take? And with what money? Exactly. And, you know, who's going to represent them? And, you know, who actually knows knows the law to actually try to appeal all this? I mean, you know, there are supposedly legal ways to go about this, but at what expense i mean yeah. it's gonna it's just so devastating to see what's being done to businesses right now and the individual people just look at what the unemployment right now is what 40 40 plus million people are unemployed because of this for basically no reason that's not that's going to have huge repercussions for years and years and years to come it's not i don't know i don't know <laughs> It's yeah, it's again, this was we can see this in some of the plans that are out there on paper with signatures, with signatures. These if we go look at the what we're able to see from the UN papers and read through these documents and trying to and you can go there's law dictionaries online you can you know it's if you're serious about all this then you're going to look and you're going to learn some of the language at least to get through because you can't count on the press you just can't i, I could say really nasty things but uh just look and read these white papers that's i think the last thing i wanted to say here i think holly is going to need to wrap up so let's bring you back on holly and uh tell us where where people can find you and all that stuff yeah so I've, i noticed i got a, a couple of uh, my viewers in the chat which is cool and um uh, i have a youtube channel called uh, zoan politicon and um I will stick that link in the chat here. Um, it's in the show. It's already in the description. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So if you, that's probably the best way to, to find me is just online or you can email me at zoanpoliticon at mail.com is the best way to get a hold of me. And thanks guys so much. I'd love to chat um, some more, but it's kind of late and the, the baby's she's missing me now so no, it's totally oh, cool yeah. we totally understand thanks so much <laughs> it was really cool to talk to grown-ups for a minute <laughs> we really appreciate having you on the show it was a great conversation and hope you come back sometime thanks, thank guys. you so much all right, thanks. Take have care. A great night. all right so do we have call-ins now does anyone want to call in and yeah, talk let's, let's hang out for a bit jerry yeah we got 20 minutes yes so give us a call is the number out there jer no Wait to see if anyone raises their hand. I'll, I'll come. I'll come on. So I just Oswald dropped the link in chat that George Floyd, the medical examiner, has said now that he had coronavirus. Oh Lord, we were just talking about it because it came out that he was uh, 
you know, he'd been on a substance. What was that substance, Jerry? Fent- fentanyl, that. fentanyl. Fentanyl. Yeah. So, of course, it's sad times. I'm telling you, these numbers, that's the thing. The numbers aren't adding up anywhere we look. There is so much. I feel like we're in, this is, I keep using the hashtag Gotham is real, but I'm coming from the Lovecraftian sense and not really the Gotham is New York City Batman sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if if we look at this whole thing like a sci-fi novel or like um, if we strip ourselves of everything and just look at it as like a, a series of graphic novels, it's very dynamic. And it's this kind of time where you get the rise of the real villains and the real heroes. And we start seeing, we've had character development and we're going to start seeing, uh, seeing extraordinary things like you saw when you were in the Netherlands, Etherlands. That was so wild. Well, it's getting wild. I know. um, Thomas Sheridan, if you've been watching any of his daily videos, I think it was yesterday, he talked about how he expects to see enormous weather anomalies coming now and more UFO flaps and whatnot. Just yes. psychic phenomena manifesting in the sky. The yes. four-dimensional interactive hologram above us. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's what, that's what Jung says when the, the collective is crunched down like this and it gets starts getting crazy is that the projection of stuff in the sky especially <laughs> yeah <clears throat> that reminds me too that the one thing that i have seen have noticed that doesn't really correlate with a lot of this is the human residence which a lot of people put faith in being an indicator of of psyche you know of the, mm-hmm. of like the collective also i was talking last night we were talking on cruising with steak about the global consciousness project and how it went gray for a few days like completely down and we don't know if that was a tech issue or a data collection issue but i thought the it was human went down no 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 the uh the gcp the global collect uh, global global consciousness project the dot you familiar with you i know you know what i'm talking about I, oh my god i'm drawing a blank right now jerry okay so it's a a project run by princeton i think i don't remember it's some some university has this project where they monitor the variations in random number generators because the random numbers generated by those that type of hardware and software stays within a specific range of variability right it doesn't really generate numbers outside of this call it a bell curve for lack of a better term it generates numbers in a bell curve right but sometimes it th- it has it doesn't fit the bell curve right so they will assign a, a color red or green red or green being up below i'm sorry red or green indicating below or above the mean of that bell curve you know what i mean yes so yeah. the theory is that the collective when the collective's excited about something or depressed about something it will drive the random number generators up or down out of that average range not ringing a bell it's not i think i have to 
get a visual on it, maybe. I can show you. I know, and Lucian is going crazy. Oh. <laughs> Shoot, what I do? Share screen. So while, while you're playing that up, have you been dreaming a lot, Jer? I have. It's, I've been having unreal dreams. Here's, I'll put the link in chat, the GCP dot, put it in the show notes. And you can't see it now because I just closed it. There, this. Yeah. Okay, yes, I have seen it, but I haven't. I think you've posted this maybe in one of our private little groups, Probably, right? probably. Yeah, so it monitors the network and <clears throat> there's when there's variances it drives the uh the dot green or red or blue actually i'm sorry for for low but here you can see and the people we I put spiked the, yeah we spiked uh like 20 hours ago which was last night's curfew oh interesting yeah. very interesting yeah, yeah so i think that's pretty cool but yeah, it went gray for about a week. So and so, what do you what are you making of that? I don't know. I don't know if they were down or if it was an actual problem with the data. You know, if it was so high off the chart, it couldn't even be graphed, kind of thing. I don't know. I you know this brings to mind the card. It's kind of like this is kind of left field, but it's at the same time this is all connected so when we look at these things these symbolic cards that are getting played and i don't want to use the obvious one i want to use the next obvious one and that is the white house going black right turning all the lights off as a sign of of blackouts to come what do you think about that i think that's conjecture i don't i don't buy it well it's definitely conjecture conjecture but it is does it do you think so you think it holds any weight i mean it's it's of course it's speculative at this point unless until something happens what was their reason for doing it well there's like that whole idea of of like smoke signals of things to come and so I don't know. I just think it was interesting. It's very symbolic image. And I, I think it was quite rare if I read, if I can believe anything I read, you know? Yeah. Right. Well, what about the whole, the whole idea and news reporting that Trump went down into the bunker? Right. I uh, saw that. I, I, I never got any confirmation from that from anyone other than like CNN. I think, and didn't he say he went just down there to, I saw something today in someone's stream that he was just down there inspecting it or something. He was redecorating. <laughs> you gotta put some put some gold leaf. Some over gold. Here. <laughs> you need some gold. Make it a Paulian. Yeah, I don't know. There's I don't know. I found that provocative though. I thought, hmm, this seems interesting. It it just seems it's, it's just interesting. There is, I'm putting out a psychic eye later tonight, hopefully, because I had this, this little vision that I want to put forward and it plays into, uh, 
it's weird because it corresponds to a vision this this uh, Lat Latina girl had in I think Mexico maybe not the Fatima and, stuff right no 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 okay, not right. Fatima stuff uh, that's another thing that Thomas Sheridan brought up was that to expect more visions more like of Mary and Jesus and whatnot because of this what's going on as well just sorry to interrupt yeah. you yeah. No, no, no. That, but I expect that stuff too. I haven't had a lot of time to look around. I've been so busy. As my voice is so fried too, I've been so busy and talking so much, and I'm actually on overload with all this information. You know, all these images, where I feel like I just, I can only watch so much right now, and uh, so I've been extra picky. But I do love Thomas Sheridan. I try to tune into him always I just... he, he's a, a voice of reason in today's climate if you're going to watch anything watch him because everything else is just uh it's fear-mongering and or fake news yeah well it's all you or, know i still both. like i like we are change i like luke he writes the center he's just trying to report information yeah and but he's a lefty he's, i mean he's not though he yeah, is not jerry you i've been following for years and years and years and i've seen him go i mean you may want to think that but he's i mean yeah he right now he seems to be leaning a little bit left because he's definitely not for trump so but he's he's not he tries to keep it clean so yeah but I, anyway i agree, I agree. It's not anyway. like watching CNN or Fox no, or any of that no, no, stuff. No, 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 not at all. Or uh, OANN is like completely right. I mean, to be honest, the best news coverage, the most, you know, non-biased news right now is Fox to me. I See, I can't pull up to any of those stations. I really do like looking at the people on the streets, like seeing the cell phone footage and stuff. Yeah, so do I. And, and I'm not saying I watch Fox News. I'm just saying... The clips that they have on on YouTube seem to be less biased than everything else. If you look at like the network news or CNN, MSNBC, they're all basically anti-Trump, which is fine. I'm just saying, but that's all they report on. They don't report yeah. about any other news. And if there is news, they somehow blame Trump for it. And which again is that's their prerogative, but it's not news. It's just opinion. Whereas, right, all that's opinion. Right, whereas Fox News seems to actually report news in in an objective manner, for the most part. And I'm not talking about Hannity. I'm talking about, like, the regular news. I can't. I just go to, if I, I don't do this anymore because I got rid of the cable, but C-SPAN used to just, you know, you'd, they'd be pointing, yep, they're no. just cameras pointed in legislature, and you're just watching them legislate. Not anymore. S Oh, really? C-SPAN changed that? Yep, they're all lefty now. <gasps> it used to literally just be cameras pointed on in. I know, in I know. I know, but they, they I forget they've what it was. They've got people actually talking with opinions and stuff? No, but they refuse to cover some things. <gasps> oh, shame on them. That's yes, terrible. I agree, I agree. You could always count on them just covering what was actually going on and with no nothing else. It was basically just cameras and oh my goodness. Yeah, see, that's that's some, more of this fuckery and it's why it's so difficult to navigate. But it's still not worth 
ending lifelong relationships. It's still not worth uh, shutting people out that you love. It's it's not worth it. I don't know why people are, are getting so vile towards each other over these people that care not for them. And, and they truly, politicians do not care for you. <laughs> they do not care. And I don't, I just, it's so hard to get that across to people. The, I think the, definitely the bigger ones, local, maybe a little different in smaller communities, like certainly in a tiny town where I am, you know, you can, not that anyone here cares for me, but at least see them around, you know, I see them, well, I used to, when you could go to a restaurant. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, They're all open down here. Yeah, we got pushed back. So actually today I just heard our parks are open. Oh, well, good for you. I know. I've been going (laughs) to the park anyway, so. I know. My life really hasn't changed since the start. I don't eat out or (laughs) But I go out every day. I've been going out every day getting some sun, you know. Why not? Yeah. Well, I've got such a nice yard that it is. I'll be, I'll be, it'll be a bitter day if I can't be in my yard. Uh, But you can't see me in my yard because it's the woods. It's a thicket. So, but I suppose I may need to use an umbrella. Bigfoot can see you out there. (laughs) Sasquatch. I can't believe I said that earlier, Jerry. Oh my God. My mom's from the Sasquatch tribe. She's big and hairy. All right. That's a good point to end the show. Yes. So So, what's, what's up next? So next week we have Dan Shukas. Oh, yay. Shook Daddy. Is he from, from Cosmic Keys? The Cosmic Keys podcast, yeah. He's on Knox Mente next week on this channel. Same bad time, same bad channel. It's and been... he's great. He's a great astrologer, and I, I really like their podcast. Yeah, it's a great podcast. You should check it out. They're, they're very smooth. It's a smooth, done, well-done podcast. Yep. And we'd like to, again, thank Holly for coming on the show. It was great to have her while she could stay. Yes, she's a new mother. That we had a baby appearance by sound. So yeah. we're trying to branch <laughs> out to some more current eventy type stuff here versus esoteric. Not that I want to get get rid of the esoteric or the conspiracy stuff. I love all that stuff, but just kinda... I'd like to just branch out. Period. Yeah, so... we just want we we're looking to diversify here. So mm-hmm. let's as, get a whole bunch of different types as we get our sea legs. Enjoy the as ride. We, well, we, now that we've got our channel back. Yeah, now that we've got our channel back. <laughs> but as a I, show, you know, yeah. Go ahead. Jerry, you know who I want to get back on mm. is uh, Robert Powell because he's a priest now. Oh. And he, you know, he wears the he's a he's a full on priest, so he's still he's super intelligent. But I'm interested in that journey. So I want him on a on an always. I'm interested in his journey from basically full-on super occultist to a catholic priest i'm very interested in that's so weird i think there's a cohesive path there and i think that it would be a wonderful journey he could take us on because he's intelligent i mean he's very super intelligent or he had the shit scared out of him by something well i want to know that and and you know, he's straight got Asperger's, and so I just uh, enjoy that dryness also. Mm-hmm. So I'll reach out and see. Yeah, I, be I great. But don't you think that would be an interesting yeah. journey? Absolutely. I'd love to talk to him. And uh, you know who else I want to talk to? Stephen Skinner, who? Dr. Stephen Skinner. Yes. 
I'm actually nervous to talk to Skinner, although all our friends have. He'll like, sick a demon on us. I know. Well, he's so super intelligent. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like scary. Like, I feel like I'll stumble on something. <laughs> yeah. I've got, I've I, got this huge list of people I want to invite on this show. And, yeah. Uh, we've got <clears throat> on this show, on, let me look at the calendar. The obelisk. Yeah. On the obelisk, we have uh, the next one is with Shane Bales, the Shane the Ruiner. Oh, oh, excellent. Yeah, yes. so that's I saw he just surfaced recently. Yep. And then after that, we have David Whitehead from Truth Warrior. Excellent. Which hopefully will lead to a show with Michael Tessarion. So. Oh, that'll be nice. Yeah. We should get on. Um, let's. I think we should get on. I just saw Jack's comment. Get on some Satanists. Yeah. I know so many. We could get on the Satanists. Uh, Tom Sheridan's going to come eat, on. I mean, there's so many. Too. We want to. Sorry. Yeah. No, I talked to Thomas. Uh, and, so we love yeah. the obelisk, everyone. Yeah. Probably going to have. Him and on he in said July. yes. Right? Yeah, he did. He was just busy and he was worn out. What he told me. Yeah. So I told yeah. him in July. So probably July 22nd we'll have him on. Seven two two. We love that. <laughs> yes, Suzanne. I think I was a nun in a previous life too. <laughs> I see. It's nice to see the chat, by the way. This is fun. My computer's holding up. I'm on the old computer chair doing this. Wow. Shocking. I'm close to the, uh, I'm close to the, the, uh, edge. The, the, I'm always close to the edge chair. You close know to, close to the edit. I'm at, I, edit. I live. Yes. Dun, 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 so dun. I think it's that it's like that proximity. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you everyone out there. It's nice to see your, your, the chat yeah by the way thanks everyone for tuning in we'll talk to you next week